We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com postgame show. I am Trevor Lane, and the Lakers, they won. The Lakers won. They beat the Nets 116-103. Anthony Davis, monster, monster performance. 37 points and 18 rebounds for Anthony Davis. My goodness, what a night for him. 25 points for Lonnie Walker, an extremely efficient 4 of 5 from deep. 9 of 15 shooting overall in the night for him. Austin Reeves chips in with 15 points, 3 assists. Excellent efficiency from him as well. 3 of 4 from behind the arc for Austin Reeves. Russell Westbrook, 14 points, 12 assists, 6 boards. And again, the Lakers, the important part, they get a much-needed win over the Brooklyn Nets. If you're joining me live from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, Welcome in. Thank you guys for joining. If you are listening to the podcast version of this over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, make sure you do subscribe, turn on those notifications, make sure you get notified when we have a new show out. Joining me tonight to help celebrate the win. It's been a rare thing this season. Matt, the optimist Peralta, bringing in the optimism. Matt, how are you doing? I am fantastic, Trevor. This is a very rare, rare occurrence. Uh, Lakers win. And I am a happy camper. I gotta. I just gotta thank you, uh, Matt. You're welcome. Because uh, you know, earlier today, you had texted me and said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm in for the show tonight. I'm I'm all good for that." And I responded and said, "Can you bring a win with you?" And you did just that. I'm I giving did. your optimism all the credit here for bringing this win to LA. Yep, I told I uh, I pulled in all the favors I could. I. Uh, Prayed to all the basketball gods I knew, the old ones and the new, and uh, looks like we're we're here. They got they got it done. They got the win that we needed so badly. Kyle Hampton says, "Yep, that's it right there. Purple and gold heart." Now again, <laughs> figure out a way. I I'm going to live in this moment for a bit. The Lakers don't have to play again until Friday. That's part of the reason why LeBron James was out for this game. So the Lakers said, "Man, we've got a chance to really rest LeBron." They don't play again until Friday, so the Lakers get to kind of live in this moment for the next four days now before they've got to get back out on the floor. I think that's actually a good thing for this team. 
gives them a chance to really heal up, regroup. Anthony Davis, hopefully this helps with his back. LeBron with his foot, with the adductor injury, and hopefully they can get back to 100%. Also could see Dennis Schroeder and Thomas Bryant on Friday when, when they uh, get evaluated later on this week. So I think this break will be a nice one for the Lakers. Yeah, it's a nice one for the fan base too. We get a we get a few days to celebrate a win. We get a little break from all the losing. Um, to your point about Thomas Bryan, Dennis Shooter, I believe they're getting reevaluated Thursday, which leaves yeah. open the door for them to make their debuts on Friday. So that'd be cool. Um, yeah. Good good news all around. That's right. That's right. The the sun is shining, birds are chirping, and the Lakers won a game. Uh, Mario Hernandez. So Colin and now Lakers are going to go on a three game win streak. I like it. I like the optimism there. Detroit and San Antonio should be easy mm. wins. Great performance by AD. I know the word easy. I I don't know if I can get on board with that just yet. I don't know if there is necessarily an easy win for this Lakers team. I mean, look, the, the Nets shot 26% from three. The Lakers shot 41% from three. Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker were a combined seven for nine from behind the three-point line. Anthony Davis went for 37 and 18. Uh, Nick Claxton had an injury and left the game. But like a lot of things broke the Lakers way in this one. I'm not going to jump on the train of, oh, okay, smooth sailing from here. I, I can't get there after just one win. Yeah, especially when the two teams we just talked about, the Pistons and the Spurs, have better records than the Lakers currently. So, well, to be fair, the Pistons are 3-11, and so, you know, hopefully. But, um, yeah, I would like to see a three-game win streak. That'd be fun. Yeah, let's do that. Can we make can we make that happen somehow? I gotta pray a little harder. All right. All right. Yeah, well, more, you've got four optimism. days to do it. I do. I have a lot of time. Got a lot Plenty of time. time. To prep. Yep. Go oh, I said we witnessed the real AD tonight. Took charge of defending Kevin Durant and still destroyed the paint on the other side. Ten offensive rebounds. Perfect from the free throw line and just one turnover. He looked different tonight. We need this AD. So. Matt, the question that becomes, how much of this is just Anthony Davis set his mind to taking over and refusing to let the Lakers lose? And how much of this is he, he was going up against a team that lost their center midway through the game and he was able to take advantage of an undersized Nets club? I mean, I think it's both, right? We, we know Anthony Davis has the upside to have these kinds of games almost whenever he wants to, it feels like. Um I know throughout the night, some people were questioning like what the Nets were doing in terms of uh, guarding AD. It didn't really seem like they were doing things that other teams have been doing up to this point to frustrate him a little bit. So that was nice change of pace. Um, thought he took advantage there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like the Nets for most of the night up until that point in the third quarter, right? Felt like they were kind of just going through the motions and AD was happy to feast the entire night. Um so I, I think it's it probably is mostly the, the Nets personnel not really having anyone to guard him. But I do think that a lot of this seemed to be like AD letting out some of that frustration he's shown visibly the past couple of nights after losses. Now, let me ask you this. I Last night, I watched the Nets, and the Nets were on the second night of back-to-back. I watched the Nets beat the Clippers down mm-hmm. the stretch in the fourth, come away with the win. And I said, you know what? I, I put this out there on Twitter. I said, the Nets, they've had a rocky start to the season. They've been some rough situations. You know, I was referencing the head coaching situation with Emi Adoka, the whole stuff going on with Kyrie Irving, getting rid of Steve Nash. It's it's been a tough road. And so I suggested that the Nets, and this is purely me, you know, my concern for the Nets' mental health, that what they needed to do was have a little bonding experience after that win. They needed to go out in L.A., (laughs) hit the town, live it up a little bit, stay out all night if they need to, 
and uh, and you know celebrate that win over the Clippers. They played tonight like that is exactly what went down. Is this hashtag LA nightlife undefeated? I was just about to say that. Any anytime there's a weekend game, <laughs> the LA nightlife seems to do its thing. Um, <laughs> who knows? I think it's a running joke, but there there has to be some credence to it, right? Um, I will happily take any uh, home games on the weekend for the Lakers when other yeah. teams are visiting. Whatever, whatever it's, I don't, whatever it took to get there, they got there. That's that's the important part. Um, let's get this knocked out. This is pretty easy. Superstar of the night. Obviously, hmm. this this award <laughs> clearly going to Anthony Davis again. Best game of the season: thirty-seven points, eighteen rebounds, uh, fifteen to twenty-five shooting. He's looked pretty stiff out on the floor lately, and I don't know if that's a back injury thing. He's also looked pretty worn out in the fourth quarter, but we've also seen, we also saw a very upset Anthony Davis after the Lakers found a way to lose to the Kings in their last game. Yep. I, I really feel like this was AD saying we are not losing. We are not, I am not doing that again. And that's great to see from a leadership perspective. Also from just, you know, being a star and saying, I've got this. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good reminder that, people are high on Anthony Davis for a reason. There's not a lot of bigs that can do what he did tonight. Um, obviously, Joel Embiid had the big the big night for the Sixers, but, you know, we're, we're talking about, like, the top-tier centers or big men in the league, and Anthony Davis is absolutely one of them when he's healthy. So uh, I'm happy to keep him in a purple and gold jersey. Peanut Butter Badger, was it just me, or was everybody feeling tense during the whole game until the last 30 seconds of the fourth? LOL, good win by the Lakers. I, I was definitely, we did the live stream over on Playback, Mm-hmm. I was even with like three minutes left. I was still like, okay, let's get stops. Let's get, let's figure this out. Let's get good looks on the offensive end. I was not able to relax until like he said about the final 30 seconds or so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I felt like midway through the fourth, somewhere around there. I was like, I think the Lakers are going to win this game pretty comfortably. Just there, there are nights where you feel like the other team just doesn't have it. That that's what the nets felt like to me for most of the night outside of the third quarter. Like I mentioned earlier, um so yeah i wasn't panicking too much like it would have been catastrophically bad if they somehow coughed up a lead with like three minutes left well it felt like that was what was happening at the end of the the lakers were up 13 or so i know they were up 16 with three minutes and 30 seconds to play in the third quarter at the end of the third they were up three in three minutes and 30 seconds their 16 point lead almost entirely evaporated i thought oh no here we go again they were gonna tweeted Right. I mean, that's and then they managed to fight back in the fourth quarter. Maybe that was a Nets team that just didn't quite have it or whatever. But you'd have to imagine within the Lakers team as well. They were probably thinking the same thoughts. Oh, my gosh. Did we just do it? Do it again? Because they did that against the Kings to close out uh, the first half. But tonight it was good to see them get punched at the end of the not good to see them get punched, but good to see them punch back in the fourth and say, nope, this time we're not having it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the kind of mentality or competitive edge you want to see the Lakers play with night in, night out, regardless of how it's going. And um, obviously, it's good that it turned out into a win today. Um, I was going to say, like, I can't imagine having to have lived with a six game losing streak with four days off. Oh, that would have been rough. That yeah. Been rough the sure. think pieces throughout the week would have been unbearable. Yep. Joey C. Westbrook was terrible tonight and L.A. still won comfortably. How does the front office not see that this team could be borderline special with Heald and Turner? So Russell Westbrook on the night, 14 points, 12 assists, 6 rebounds, 
four turnovers, four for 15 shooting, one of six from three. What were your thoughts on on, on Russ's game tonight? Did not close out the game in the fourth quarter. And I felt that was the right decision by Darvin Ham. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, Russ has been playing relatively well um, since coming off. Well, not even say relatively. He's been playing well off the bench for since that move happened. And I think, you know, the last couple of games have been a little bit quieter. But um, shooting aside, I think for me, like, the baseline for us for be successful with the Lakers is to do what he does now is just, you know, to facilitate, create shots for people, um, put pressure on the rim. If he's doing those things, I can live with like, you know, inefficient shooting nights and turnovers even to a certain extent. Um, so yeah, not, not the best Westbrook game, obviously, but I still think he contributed to the win in a lot of different ways. So I'm, I'm not too, too upset. Um, when you are looking at, at Russ and this situation, do you look at games like this and say, this is evidence that they're close, that they're good enough if they made a trade to get a couple of pieces that fit better, like say a Buddy Heald and a Miles Turner? Like, cause that's really what we've heard the front office is trying to figure out. Are they, is this salvageable? Can you save this team? Is this, is a game like this enough to say, okay, let's, let's go for this and, and make a trade? I don't think so. Not, not, not a game like this one specifically. I think the Lakers need to go on some sort of streak against, you know, better competition. Not to say that the Nets are like, you know, bad or anything. Um, they've turned it around a little bit since the whole debacle with everyone. Um, but I think, you know, against higher level competition teams, you expect to see in the playoffs specifically. I, I think that's if the Lakers can string wins against teams like those, then I think the front office can probably talk themselves into, you know, uh, Indiana deal or whatever other deal um, to help salvage the season. I mean, this is a step in the right direction. I agree. I don't think they're quite there yet. But uh, Shea Jordan, so glad we got them on a back-to-back. -back. A win is a win. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I don't care. I'm not dismissing this win because the Nets were on a back-to-back -back and maybe they went out in L.A. or something like that. No, th this team, you lost five in a row. You're going to take whatever win you can get. Yep. Two, two five-game losing streaks before Thanksgiving, Trevor. Oh, that that I, is I, not something to be thankful for. Yep, I will take wins when I can get them. Yes. Uh, Spacey K, Alec Burks and Noel for none, Bev, and a second. I guess, I like, if you're I looking at this saying the Lakers really need a center, you could do worse than that. Yeah, is Alec Burks, I, someone can correct, or you can correct me. I don't think he's playing yet, right? I don't know. I'm not sure if he's playing yet this season. Yeah, and then there's Noel, right? But... I don't know. I've been I've been pitching the whole none Bev and and the pick for just even Miles Turner at this point. I think that'd be fine. Save Russ for another another salary dump sort of trade, if you want to go that route. Yeah, yeah, I I am agree. I'm in agreement with that. Yeah. Uh, Maddie James said AD showed up finally. Love the way Russ was playing D against Kevin Durant. I mean, that was, I guess that was a positive, right? We saw Russ, Russ looked like he really took the defensive challenge on Kevin Durant personally. And that, that was much neat. You know, looking at this matchup going in, I went, the Lakers don't really have anybody who could defend Kevin Durant. I mean, they, but they used a number of guys on him. We saw Troy Brown. We saw Anthony Davis. We saw Russ. We saw Patrick Beverly and they didn't stop him by any means, but they at least bothered him enough in this game to get the job done. I would love to do a, a dive, a deep dive on this, but to me, every time I watch Russ guard bigger players, he always seems to take it personally and seems to try harder. 
um you know when you put him against like if he's like in a man-to-man defense against like a guard or something else like he seems to lose interest pretty often but like if you put him like when teams try to punish him in the post with a bigger player he seems to seems to like that challenge a little bit like you know do you remember when uh we had a couple possessions of russ on on zion for instance yeah yep and and he really he really seems to um it's like he, he just views it as a challenge that he has to meet yeah see i think that that's like a way to keep him engaged is like in switching schemes like that where he has to guard bigger players that's not optimal to say the least but i've just it's something i've noticed and something i'm going to probably keep monitoring as the season goes on yeah something to keep an eye on for sure um all right let's get into another one of our uh awards here and this one we'll do the star in your role star in your role all right so who who do you think of the not anthony davis Obviously, he was the superstar. Who was the next best for the Lakers? I think there's a few options here. Oh, you've got a couple options. Yeah, I think, you know, if you wanted to say Lonnie Walker for being the second leading scorer with 25 points, oh, I'd, I'd happily give you that. Um, I'm honestly going to pick Reeves just because of the LeBron slash Steve Nash-esque pass he threw to, I think it was Troy Brown on the wing. That was pretty sick. Um, but yeah, I, I'll go with Reeves. Um I'm sure people are kind of tired of us talking and bring hyping him up all the time. But for me, it's always like he does a lot of little things on the floor that I, I particularly enjoy. Um, you can tell that there's been a lot of development in his game through the offseason and it's starting to show on the court to this season. And I thought tonight he was just solid. Five of eight from the field, two of three from the free throw line, three or four from the three point line, a couple dimes. Like I mentioned, good defense uh, plus 20 in his 33 minutes. You know what? I'm uh, I'm going to go, since you didn't, I'm going to go ahead and go with Lonnie Walker for mine. Sure. I liked that. And, and look, I, I I can argue with Austin Reeves. Austin was great tonight as well. I'm really only going this way because you already went Reeves. Um, Lonnie was, I liked that the Lakers in the fourth quarter just said, hey, we found something with Lonnie and AD pick and roll. Let's just do it every time. They, sure. didn't, they, didn't, they didn't get cute with anything. They said, we need a win. Lonnie and AD pick and roll is our offense for the final five minutes or whatever it was, six minutes of the game. And it worked. And Lonnie made some big shots. He had the little runner, uh, again, extremely efficient. And the Lakers needed this kind of scoring outburst from him tonight. So he was he was fantastic. In fact, Ace of Hearts here with the Super Chat says, Lonnie's getting better. Max Christie also deserves credit. You know, Max got, Max even got fourth quarter, like crunch time minutes. And you he look at his- He had Max, nine boards. <laughs> did he really? Yeah. Oh my goodness, he did. He had no point. He played 20 minutes, took one shot, no stats aside from nine rebounds. It's a Dennis Rodman-like line. That <laughs> is. Yeah. But I guess that's really kind of telling, too. I mean, part of it might be the Lakers being a bit thin, right? Um, but that you've got veterans on your team. You've got Kendrick Nunn. You've got Juan Toscano-Anderson, who could play a similar role. And it's Max Christie, the rookie, on a second-round pick that's getting the minutes in crunch time of what is essentially a must-win game. because Not because he's going to give you scoring burst, but because Darvin Ham trusts him just to not mess up on the defensive end of the floor. I think that's a credit to Max Christie and maybe a little bit of an indication of where some of the veterans are at right now. Yeah, I don't want to take away from Max because I think he's been really great. He's been showing some flashes the past like week or so. Um, but we did say in the offseason, if he's getting serious minutes, it's an indictment on the roster and where things stand. Because um, I don't think anyone, including us or even the coaching staff, said we're we're anticipating playing Max, you know, 15, 20 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. 
I, I personally don't think that, um, but I'm happy he's getting an opportunity and capitalizing on those. I think that the rebounding in particular has always stuck out to me since, you know, summer league and with Anthony Davis playing more center, I think it makes sense to get another guy in there. That's not afraid of crash boards. So I, I can see the rationale for the minutes just, um, you know, and it's good that he can make an impact without scoring. That's what the Lakers need. Yeah. That's, that's important. Just be a floor spacer every now and then again, only took one shot, but still Nathan diamond says resign Lonnie and Troy Brown, jr. Multi-year young role pieces pieces. This is what, unfortunately the Lakers have not done a good job at um, mm-hmm. in terms of the roster build is that these are one-year deals. Um, now maybe you could say Troy Brown Jr. Isn't signing a multi-year veteran minimum deal. That's, that's maybe true. Maybe you could say Lonnie's not signing a taxpayer mid-level multi-year. Maybe he would. I don't know, but the Lakers don't have their bird rights. So if you go make a trade, let's say you do a Pacers trade and now you've got buddy healed on the books next year. You do an extension for Miles Turner. You've got him on the books next year. Your cap space is gone. Um, you then are limited to just your mid-level exception to try to keep Lonnie and Troy Brown. And if you spend that on those guys, then you don't get to go sign anybody else in free agency, really, aside from veteran minimums. Yep. That's If we're going to criticize the Lakers, there's plenty to, uh, to criticize the Lakers front office for. It's mishandling bird rights that I think is one of the key things that's really become a problem with this team and why just cycling and refreshing the roster every single year gets you into trouble because you never have a player long enough to develop bird rights for that player so that you can actually keep them. So it's great seeing these guys have success, but in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, Hey, this is fantastic. And maybe they're a bargain for this one year, but it's going to be Malik Monk all over again, where the Lakers probably aren't going to be able to keep them. Yeah, a couple of things. I just feel like the front office is <laughs> playing with fire, trying to strike gold every single offseason with a minimum signing or a lower key signing. <laughs> um, and then, too, this is why I'm not opposed to taking back longer term salaries and deals, because eventually those deals become expirings that you can turn into multiple players and you kind of refresh the cycle, so to speak, and, and grab multiple players that you can you know, hopefully have their bird rights for and resign if they pan out. Like to me, that that's that's good asset management. That Sorry, would, that would, is that is that too like sad to think about that? A no, different office no, would it's do that? fair. It's fair. It, I know right now we're happy because the Lakers won and everything, but it's it's true. I mean, it, it's unfortunate. And yes, look, these guys, they're both young enough to be long term pieces for the team. But keeping them is going to be a difficult task if they continue to play this well. It's not going to be easy. Yep. Uh, David said, my guy Reeves needs to be more aggressive. Love what I'm seeing from the dude. Love his shot and decision making. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's getting more aggressive. He's not shooting every possession or anything. That pass was ridiculous. That pass that he threw out to what he threw it out to, I think it was Lonnie on the, it was either Lon- I think it was Lonnie. Yeah. I, I, I said, Troy Brown jr. Earlier, but I think it was Lonnie. You're right. That was I mean, a thing of beauty, but LeBron esque. Yeah. And, and Reeves is very careful about when he shoots and when he does and all that. I am in agreement. I would think I would like to see him look for a shot a bit more too, but not a lot. He's kind of like, this is kind of who he is as a player. And that the nice part about his game is that he can do multiple things. He can shoot, he can pass, he can drive, you know, all of that. Yeah. Very versatile player, very intentional with his decision-making, which I really enjoy. Um, Like there are very rare times where I'm like, oh, I think, I think Reeve should have done this or that. To me, it's always within the flow of the offense, within the flow of the game. And I think having multiple players that can do that on your team only makes you better. So kudos to Austin Reeves. 
Sent by NFT. If the Lakers can pull out a few more wins, I can see a path for a trade. Beverly Nunn and Lonnie for Rogier and PJ Washington solves a lot and sells high on Lonnie, who we can't keep. Uh, would not be able to execute that trade until December fifteenth because mm-hmm. of um, because of Lonnie Walker's just signing a contract. He's not trade el- the the players who signed contracts this past summer are not trade trade eligible till December fifteenth. That's seen around the NBA as kind of the unofficial start to trade season. So you're not doing that trade tomorrow. You're not doing that trade in a week. You've got to wait a little while to do a deal like that. Uh, what do you think just on the surface of, of doing that kind of a trade, swapping out those three players and getting Terry Rozier and then PJ Washington? You know, it's funny. A lot of people are very, very, very out on Beverly and none at this point. So the way I look at that trade is Lonnie for Rozier and PJ. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, in other words, yeah, I would do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would. I I worry a little bit on the wing, but I understand that like, Rozier is – a significantly better fit than either than none certainly um patrick beverly has done some good things but the 13 million dollar expiring contract if you decide hey we're gonna hang on to russ or we're gonna find a different trade for russ yeah i think you kind of if you're gonna try to improve the roster patrick beverly's contract becomes the one that needs to be in a deal yeah and that's why i suggested earlier right bev yeah. and none gets you to what is that like 18 million in salary yep yep that would get you. That could get you there. That could get you a Miles Turner or somebody, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe a Terry Rozier. Uh, Joan Oliva. AD, shut the haters up tonight. Lonnie Walker has been an excellent pickup. I remember people saying he was going to be the odd one out. We talked about this a little bit during the live stream. I was saying the same thing, that I was having I trouble was. finding minutes for Lonnie. I love that we were wrong on that. He's been, been absolutely great for the team. Um, we had concerns about his three-point shooting and his defense. And I think the defense has been a bit better than we expected. The three-point shooting, yeah, is that like 31% going into this game? Obviously, it'll go up now. But, I, don't, I mean, overall, he's been he's been better than the other options, particularly better than Kendrick Nunn. I agree. I will eat crow when, when it's deserved. And so, yeah, I'm, Lonnie being good is great for, for the Lakers and great for me because then, you know, they're better. Um, this, this is the good way to eat crow. It is this like is the I, good way. This is the fun. Would you would you entertain the idea that he's been the Lakers' third best player this season so far? Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I think he could be. Um, Who are your candidates? Third best player candidates have to be Russ, Troy Brown, and Reeves, and Lonnie. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Aside from Lonnie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's in the conversation. I, yeah. You can talk me into it. Yep. Uh, VA track said that dunk from Russ though, that was reminiscent of like in my mind, Rudy Gobert was under the basket right there. That was, <laughs> that was last season's Rudy Gobert dunk. Um, that was, that was breathtaking. That was an incredible dunk by Russell Westbrook. Um, and it was just a great play. Great play, broad energy, all of that. Can't uh, can't complain about that one for sure. No, that was awesome. Tweeted it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Love Lamar. So this game showed me we need a big so bad besides AD. Everything else looked very promising. The defensive rotations were fire. Yeah. Does, does this game tell you that? That the Lakers still, and I think we've seen evidence of that recently, but was this game like an example that, hey, the Lakers need another big? Or did you think Wendy and Gabriel did a solid enough job? Yeah, I think I think this game specifically didn't tell me that only because the Nets were so undersized. It's kind of hard to discern that. But I, I do agree that I think the need for a legitimate five next to AD or even backing him up is, is required. I think Wenyan's fine. I think he's actually been good. Yep. Let me rephrase that. I think he's been good. Um, how comfortable do I do? Am I with him like against like higher level competition? I'm not quite sure yet. Was so it'd be nice to just have another option on the roster, but. Um, this game in particular, no. I think when teams are that small against the Lakers and Anthony Davis, I think he can have this kind of sort of night. Yeah. Yeah, this this game wasn't necessarily the one where I went, okay, they definitely need more size. Some of the games where they've been getting crushed on the glass, they've been getting rebounded, and they've been having trouble, and you know, AD looks like he's totally exhausted at the end of games, and you just need somebody else to go play the center position. Yeah, I, I do ultimately, big picture, think they need another big. Unless Thomas Bryant comes back and can be that player, Damian Jones has not been able to do it so far. If it's not Thomas Bryant, I do think they need to find somebody. But this game wasn't necessarily evidence of that in, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Mamba mentality. We will have a good Sunday night. Great win. AD was a beast. Lonnie is the third option in this team. Let's go, Lakers. Nothing, nothing to disagree with there. Cheers. Yep. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's get into, let's do another one of our awards this time. Let's do our one. I mean, kind of negative, but it's also kind of fun. Let's deal with this. Master lock of the night. All right. Our master lock of the night where we take whatever was the most annoying thing from tonight's game. And we put it into our good buddy, Chris, the masterpiece masters finishing hold the master lock. So, Matt, the Optimus Peralta, what are you putting in the master lock from tonight's game? I usually try to pick something funnier out of the box, but and I feel bad because I feel like everyone's already piled on him and deservedly so, but I think it just has to be Kendrick Nunn, right? <laughs> the, the chat is agreeing with you. Right? Like, I, I didn't even look at the chat. I just kind of knew that that's where everyone was going to go. And, like, look, I feel bad because I can only imagine what not playing basketball for years like than having to be thrown in immediately and, and expected to contribute because you make like what is it like the fifth most amount of money on the on the team <laughs> uh yeah I, I just think it's none it's it's been a very 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 rough showing for him this season and i i needed to see that turn around <laughs> yeah i'm so i'm actually in agreement on kendrick nunn getting the, now usually like if the lakers win what i want to do is master lock somebody on the other team like that's usually what i would prefer to do but in this case same 
I'm going to go and I'm going to go one specific moment that really upset me with Kendrick Nunn. And it was the end of, I want to say it was the end of the first quarter. I know exactly what play you're talking about. Kendrick Nunn gets the ball with about three seconds left and he's on the opposite free throw line and he just dribbles out the clock. Mm -hmm. He had enough time to take one, two dribbles and launch a shot from probably right around half court, maybe just short of that. Mm -hmm. I hate when NBA players in general, this isn't just a Kendrick Nunn thing, when NBA players in general decide they're going to preserve their shooting percentage and not take that shot. You Look, mean when he was already zero and two before that? That's it. That, that, <laughs> that was my whole thing, right? You're already 0% from the field. It's not going to hurt your percentage in this night. Look, big picture, yes. And I wish the NBA would just stop recording that stat. Just take heaves out of the your percentage conversation so then players will take that shot. But if you're Kendrick Nunn, like you're already at 0% from the field. You're not making it any worse for this particular game. And what is it like? Maybe it's a 5% chance that you hit that shot. Maybe 10%. I don't know what your percentage chance of making that shot is. But this team has lost five games in a row. You need every scoring opportunity you can possibly get. If you happen to get lucky and bank in a three from half court or something, that could decide the outcome of the game and matter a lot for this team. Take that shot. Don't try to be selfish and preserve your field goal percentage or whatever. Just take the shot. Even if it's not a high percentage shot, at that point, you're doing your team a disservice when you just dribble it out. I did not like seeing that at all. That It's just a waste. It's a waste of an opportunity, and you never want to do that. Killing a dude for not taking a 60-footer. How <laughs> how privileged we are. <laughs> well, and, here's, and really, that's it's not... So, again, it's not just a Kendrick Nunn thing. I agree, just, though. Just in yeah. general, the thought process behind that in general, it's a me first and not a team first decision. And I, and I just can't get on board with that. So it's not even, it's my frustration with the with the concept in general getting taken out on, on Kendrick Dunn in this situation. Sure. No, I get the sentiment and I'm, I'm, in, I'm in full agreement there. All right, let's get into a few more of our questions and comments that are coming in. Uh, Justin said, with the rumored $30 million in cap space that the Lakers could have this summer, we could give Lonnie $12 to $15 million with the multi-year deal. And do we have to wait to the offseason to offer a deal? Uh, yeah, you would have to wait till the offseason to offer him something like that. The only kind of extension or whatever you could give him, you're going to have non-bird rights this year, which would give him a, a very small raise over what uh, he's making right now. So... Yeah, you, you would have to wait until you actually have cap room this summer. Mm -hmm. Would you do that for Lonnie, 12 to 15, knowing that the cap is going up and trying to factor that in? I was going to say, it seems a little rich. I I, I kind of peg him at like the Malik Monk level. More like a, a mid-level exception guy. Yeah. That's that's just a, like 15 million, you're, you're above mid-level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm around, I'm about, yeah, if you told me 10 to 12, I, I could justify that given the the cap spike and the um the years on that yeah especially the more years that are on that the more the cap spike is going to be a factor and the more like if you if that's a four years at say 14 million a year by that fourth year if he's still playing well that could look pretty good and yeah that's something you have to factor in Plus, you know, I, I think about it too, just from a from an al an asset management standpoint. Like, if you need like a mid sized salary to make a deal, 
it's a nice number to have on your book. Yes, that's that's also true. That's also true. And that's that was part of the reason why people were frustrated the Lakers didn't bring back Alex Caruso, because if nothing else, that's another salary you can put into a trade. And yeah. we saw this last season. The Lakers just they didn't have like why was THT involved in every trade rumor? Because Money. he was the only one with a salary that could get added in that would realistically bring anything back. Mm-hmm. Somebody said uh, AD is better than Giannis. I'm not going there. I... That's going too far. Yeah, as much as I love Anthony Davis, Giannis is just... Uh, he's putting up numbers better than his MVP seasons. He's He is unreal. Giannis Antetokounmpo, unreal. All right, let's see what else we've got here. A lot more people upset with Kendrick Nunn still. Uh, I don't blame him. We aren't playing till Friday. I think the Lakers are waiting for this break for a big trade. I, this is not the first person that has said something to this effect. I, it makes sense, right? Like, but the other teams are playing also. Yeah, <laughs> the Lakers aren't, but the other teams are. Um, I mean, it would be ideal. Like, if the Lakers pulled the trigger on a trade tomorrow, sure. then you have all week to practice and you know get that player acclimated and, and all of that. Whoever it is that you're trading for, or players, I suppose it could be. Um, it makes sense in that regard. But I don't know if I'm like, I'm not not going to be on pins and needles, red alert all week thinking, oh, OK, a trade's coming. I don't think this is an indication of that. It's so hard too. like who's bottoming out right now. The only one I can think of really is the Charlotte. Hornets. Yeah. yeah. Hornets. Bulls are getting there. Yeah. Bulls. Uh, what do you what do you think the Pacers do? Because I mean, everybody keeps asking about Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. But what do the Pacers do? I, I have no idea what they're doing. I would have gone all in on that tank as soon as the season started, before the season started. They're the eight seed right now, and they're 500, six and six. I, yeah, I just don't understand. Why are teams costing them shots at Victor Wemignana? I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it's, it, it is a bit odd. Um, this was the, like, it's the downside and the upside, right? Because I think Buddy Hill and Miles Turner have both probably increased their trade value so far. Yeah, 100% have, yep. But the downside is now the Pacers have won six games. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a lot when you're competing with a team that's won three so far, like the Pistons and the Hornets, or unfortunately the Lakers. The Houston Rockets have won two. Mm-hmm. In this take race, that's actually a fairly decent gap that you now have to make up. And now maybe the Pacers aren't going to actually fully tank or whatever, and they're just going to let the chips fall where they may. And the lottery odds aren't what they used to be. So being the you know dead last does not have the same kind of appeal that it might have uh, before the lottery odds were flattened out a bit. But still, I mean, the, the pay, I wonder if to some degree the Pacers at the end of all of this wind up kicking themselves for not just throwing in a second round pick like the Lakers wanted and getting the deal done and getting two Lakers first and a better shot at Wembyama. Can I ask you a question? I, I think this was floated. <laughs> I think this was floated on uh, Zach Lowe's podcast recently, but is there yeah. just a universe where the Pacers keep Miles Turner? Yeah, they could. I mean, he hasn't expressed any displeasure with being there. He's been in trade rumors forever, but they could if they just decide, you know what, we're not that far off. If we get, let's say they get a top five pick in the lottery or something when the dust settles. Mm-hmm. Matherin's been really good. You've got Halliburton. Halliburton's amazing. He's been great. Um, yeah, they, they could talk themselves into it, I think. But they also have to, what's his number? 
what's his number? Like, what is what does he want next season? Because that's that's got to be a big factor, and maybe not one that fans think of enough. A big factor in what is Miles Turner's value on the trade market? It's what do you have to pay him to keep him? I am trying to Google what he's making currently this year because I'm going to assume it's based salary. 18. Yeah, it's going to have to be above that. I think yeah. the starting number is minimum 20. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think you might even want more. I saw a rumor out there. No, that that's fine. Right? 24 even. Like if you, hey man, players, players are going to want as much as they can. And if they think they're worth 24 million, I wouldn't blame them. There aren't a lot of players that are like him and he's playing well. Ray Jackson, this team should really take a shot and trade Beverly and none in a first for a piece and see how the team looks. And if we aren't good enough, then trade Russ. I'm on, I'm on board with that. Makes sense. Yeah. I've, I a lot of people already person. soured on Bev and none. <laughs> Might as well get a piece you like. I think we found the secret to success. Play the Nets without Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and Seth Curry all season and postseason. And on the second night of a back-to-back. Agree. When they spent a night in L.A. Nice hat, Matt. Looking sharp. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, I agree. Let's play the uh, the tired teams without players. <laughs> the tired teams that are missing players. That's the key. Hey, can I open a can of worms real quick? Sure. Since we're on the Nets. Uh, would you still trade Russ for Kyrie? I don't think I want to deal with that. I don't think so either. Find the Lakers. There's that's another thing we have to eat. Is. I think that's another thing we have to eat crow on. Well, it's not, and it's it's what what do you want to pay Kyrie? And does Kyrie want a long term deal? Because I think we talked about this over the summer, how we're not super comfortable with the long term deal for Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Less so now, right? So that's a factor too. What is just like it is with with uh, Turner. What does Kyrie expect on his next deal? And are you willing to do that? Because if the answer is no, then just then that that then that's your answer right there. If the answer is I don't want to pay Kyrie what he wants on his next contract, that's it. Moral compass aside, a lot of the messages I get in my DMs and, and stuff is at what point, like what price point is it just worth it to, to take a gamble on Kyrie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen that too. And I don't know um, how to answer that. Look, he's a better, he's a good basketball player. He's a better fit on the floor than Russell Westbrook. We've talked about that. But or as an organization, I don't know if I want to go down that path. He is just nuclear waste, toxic. Yeah. I I don't I just no. <laughs> I, I don't think I could do it. Regardless that, of how it, price how low the price gets. Zoom back a little further. If that's the case then next summer's free agency class is a little bit weaker because Kyrie's the guy, right? Kyrie's like the one, the one star that might be on the free agent market that you would want to hang on to some cap space for. If he didn't have any of the other issues, right? If you, if it's just Kyrie, the basketball player and nothing else is going on, then you're tempted to hang, especially if you're hearing that he wants to come to LA, you're tempted to hang on to that cap space. If you're not interested in Kyrie Irving, the Lakers aren't interested in Kyrie Irving, then next year's free agent class, which has already been weakened a bit by Andrew Wiggins, Jordan yep. Poole, other players signing extensions, mm-hmm. it's one more player weaker, which then matters. I mean, if you're talking about hoarding cap space, if you're talking about not making a trade so you can have cap space next summer, you have to know who is it that you're targeting? What are you going to do with that cap space? And if you look at that list and you go, 
eh, there's there's not a lot on here that I'm excited about. Then it, I think it pushes you more towards well, let's let's not use that as a reason to not do a trade. Yeah, I remember just going through the list of options, right? A lot of them are player options for people. Yeah. And then I mean, after you, that, there's some guy like Vucevic is out there, Harrison Barnes, you know, I mean some there's some good players. Sure. But yeah. I, it's, not, it's just like how many of those guys do you think move the needle for the Lakers and how much is it going to cost to get them? To and are it? you certain you're going to get those guys? Yeah, exactly. All things the Lakers have to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, would you do Beverly and Nunn for Gordon? Are we talking Eric Gordon or Aaron Gordon? That's so funny. I'm, I was thinking, I didn't know which one they were talking about. I'm going to assume, let's assume Eric. It has to be Eric for the money. I think that the salaries don't match otherwise uh, to yeah. add to an indie deal. So you go to Houston and you say Eric Gordon for Beverly and Nunn. Um, I want to say he's expiring this season. I was going to say, what, why does Houston do that? If they're all expiring, then Houston doesn't have a lot of incentive there. Eric Gordon, uh, he is $20.9 million next season, but as I recall, it's lightly guaranteed. i got to jump over to the spot track to see. I mean, if you're telling me from the Lakers' perspective, yeah, I would do that. Yeah, from the Lakers' perspective, I would also do that. Um, and I'm saying... See. I'm assuming in addition to Indiana deal means Russ and two picks for, for Turner and healed. Right. So your, your whole ultimately becomes Eric Gordon, but he healed and miles Turner. Like, sure. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, for next season. Oh, next season is non-guaranteed. That sounds right. Yeah. Non, he yeah. has nothing guaranteed on next season. But if he was, if you were to guarantee it, he'd get $21 million. I don't think anybody's doing that. So he's really an expiring $20 million contract this year for Gordon. So again, that brings you back to why would Houston just swap expirings for expirings? You'd have to throw in like a second. Yeah. Yep. Would you do that if it costs you a pick? If it's a second, maybe, but I don't know. I'm probably saving that for a bigger move. I think I would do too. Yeah. Uh, Sean Tate finally AD played his worth of Lonzo Josh Hart BI the fourth pick and other unprotected picks. what do you mean finally they, they won a championship with <laughs> AD playing like MVP caliber yeah he's he's paid over that deal a few times over I'm satisfied <laughs> Joseph Smith AD needs to find a way to play like that with LeBron I don't think it was the absence of LeBron that got this performance out of AD like maybe he felt more and more responsible for taking over or something like that. But I don't think he can't get, to, it's not like, like he doesn't combine well with LeBron and that's keeping him from playing at this level or something. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, obviously he probably won't score 37 with LeBron most nights, but I, I think he's capable of doing this with him on the floor too. Mike says the question remains for AD. Is this effort something he's willing to make nightly? I think the question is, is he capable of making that nightly and and is he able to stay vertical if he if he does that yeah i mean I, you see it in spurts you see it in every first half i I, yeah. I think it's there it's just i think you're right it's like a marathon like 
there are going to be a lot of nights where he can't do that just because of because he's human. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think it's not a matter of if he wants to. I think it's just can he, like you mentioned. All right, Matthew says AD only showed up to play tonight because he heard about the trade rumors. Uh, I think his place on the team is pretty secure. Yeah, I don't uh, buy the trade rumor stuff really. I think that's a lot. Just, that's a lot of people speculating outside the organization. I I think so as well. Yeah. Um, do y'all think we can get Miles Turner for Pat Bev and Kendrick Nunn and one first? That's my favorite theoretical trade. I like okay. We tended uh, all of us, right? All of you watching, all of you listening, myself, Matt. Whenever we hear a trade, we initially think of the Lakers side. Mm-hmm. Flip it. Yep. If you're the Pacers and you can get Patrick Beverly and Kendrick, and so two expiring contracts. You don't have to give an extension to Miles Turner. You don't have to worry about paying him in the future or any of that. Essentially, you're getting a first for Miles Turner. That's really what this is. Because you don't like you might even just waive Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn. I don't know if you even keep them. Sure. So are you doing that? You're getting a first out of Miles Turner. Do you say yes to that? If it's unprotected, I'm in Indiana, probably. Yeah. I think I probably would too. Well, I mean, like, and I keep I keep making this point. I just we just not have heard. We have just not heard another team interested in Miles Turner yet. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's teams peeling feelings out there, but there's nothing been reported on at least that says this team is in the running or is considering a trade for Miles Turner. Again, I think it comes back to what does Turner want? And I, I don't mean to you know beat a dead horse there, but if you're the Pacers and you, if anybody's going to know what Miles Turner wants on his next, next contract, it's the Pacers. If you don't want to be the team to pay him that, then the clock is ticking. You mm-hmm. have until the trade deadline in February or you're going to lose him for nothing if you don't want to give him that contract. Or you, you don't even know if he's going to want to stick around. He'll be a free agent. So if you don't trade him by February, you run the risk of losing him and getting nothing in return for an asset that you drafted fairly highly and that has been a big part of your team. So that ticking clock also has to be a factor in the Pacers' decision-making. And I don't know if another team is going to offer an unprotected first and pure expiring contracts. Other teams might say, we'll give you a first, but you got to take this guy who's got two years left on his deal or three years left on his deal. I don't know if the Pacers want to do that. I think this has to have pretty solid appeal. Maybe not a smash, yes, hit, accept right now appeal, but probably enough for them to at least, you know, check in with other teams around the NBA and give this serious consideration. Here's a good question for you, Trevor. Do you think, Miles Turner gets the number he wants in free agency, like if he hits it. If he keeps playing like this, I think so. I think so. In order, most bigs in the NBA don't get paid anymore unless they can show that they are an outlier, that they are significantly above what other players are. Not many bigs in this league could put up 37 points in a game. And sure. that, that, that might be the best game of his career. I don't know. But he also has at least the ability to be a threat behind the three point line. He's an elite level shot blocker. Like he's not a great rebounder. He's you've got some injury questions there. But if he continues playing this season, the entire season, the way he does, he is right now, all the way up till the trade deadline. I think so. I think he he could get north of twenty million anyway. Yeah, I'm wondering if the Pacers are kind of hoping that he doesn't get that number from other teams and they're able to just resign him. That's why I brought that idea up earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, who would you rather have, if both players were the same price? Would you rather have Vucevic or Turner? Turner. Yeah, and and Vucevic is making what twenty this year, mm-hmm. maybe a little more. 
Yeah, but you know the resume, the all stars, and like the, the sure. raw numbers and stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I know what you're saying though. Yep. Uh, Justin, with the rumored 30 minute, oh, uh, multi year deal. Do we have to wait to the off season? We kind of already answered this one. We did. Um, this was brought up earlier. Yes. Yeah, we brought that one up earlier. So let me go on to the next one. Man, this is this is fun though to get to talk about the Lakers one and you know what pieces could they add to this team instead of oh my gosh who could they panic trade because they keep losing. Uh, I like Ham, but his record in third quarters are bad. Is, <laughs> is that a Darvin Ham thing? Um, I and I just like the last part of that question. Is he good? Is he good? <laughs> Is, is him good? Guys, I, I could not care less about the record right now because this roster is a mess. I think the 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 schematic improvements, the leadership improvement, I think it's worth it. So I will say Darvin Ham's good, yes. Honestly, it doesn't. I, I For one, I think it's too early to make any kind of judgment on Darvin Ham's coaching or, or lack of coaching or whatever. I think it's too early for that. Uh, and he's got a four-year contract. So honestly, it doesn't matter. He's not, they're not firing him tomorrow or anything like that. He's got four years under contract. They brought him in specifically to be a long-term coach for them. I mean, I mean, give me the coach that's willing to, to tweak his, his rotation, like game to game rather than like 15 games. And it's like, oh, okay. I should change something now. Russ for healed and Turner. Lonnie can be the sixth man for sure. Great. Sure. I don't, don't disagree with that. Uh, Maddie, how is none getting minutes? I want to believe in him, but he's just not playing good at all. I mean, how much of it is that there's there's not many other options? I think I think Darwin's giving him opportunities to to work his way out of whatever funk he's in. Yeah, but the, the leash is unbelievably short. From an organizational perspective, they need kind of have to. to get back to himself. Yeah, they, I mean, not only is he making five point two million, and that's significant given the, this roster, but. He's also one of the few players that they might actually have, well, in this case, early bird rights on this summer. So if you don't have cap space, you could actually maybe keep Kendrick Nunn, but you're not going to keep him playing like this. Um, if you want to be able to take advantage of that, you need to get him back on track. Now, I don't think you should do it at the expense of games. And Sure. Yeah, you can't. The leash can't be very long here, like you said. But I understand why there is incentive on a number of levels to try to get Kendrick Nunn going, but when Dennis Schroeder's back, that might no, no longer be the case. I mean, I think it was the last game against the Kings, right, where he was just completely out and Max got all the minutes. Yeah. And Max yeah. has been good. I mean, relatively, like in a very different style of player, but he's just been steady defensively and he's not making a bunch of mistakes out there. And Kendrick He's basically Nunn, what we thought JTA would be. That's a good point. Yeah, that's that's a good point on Max Christie. And maybe that's why he's getting that role over JTA right now. Yeah. Uh, Shay Jordan, can we talk about that pass from HBK? Pure. Yes, it was fantastic. I didn't know what he was going to do with it. I didn't either. Through. I thought for sure it was one of those plays where I thought the shot's going up, the shot's going up. And suddenly the ball just, it like teleports out to the three-point line. And I had no clue exactly how it got there until we saw the other angle of the play. Yeah, normally people, so if you're driving baseline like that, the immediate instincts to check the corner because that's like your most straightforward mm -hmm. pass. A lot of people don't have the arm strength or, or ability to make that pass to the wing like Reeves yeah. did. So I, I, I was genuinely surprised. I didn't know he, he could do that. And it was it was not only that it, you have the arm strength to get it, it was on target. Yeah, in the shooting was, pocket. Yeah, I mean, absolutely incredible. SR37, Christie's a nice surprise. Hopefully Schroeder, Bryant, and Braun come back Friday. 
they can overpower some of these teams. Must wins coming up. This is the part of the schedule we said where it softens up a little bit. It does. It does. But you still have to go out there and play the game and get the win. you got to beat the team that's in front of you. Uh, last year's team was terrible at this. This year's team has had opportunities to get wins, and they've thrown them away. There, there's an opportunity here, though. And going back to a conversation we had near the beginning of the show, this is an opportunity for this team to prove that it's worth saving. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I, not looking at the schedule or anything, just you know, purely based on the record, the Lakers are three and ten right now, right? Yeah. Uh, let's just use this game as the first set of uh, the next ten games. What would Lakers need to be for the front office to look at it and go, "We should make a deal to to make a run at a playoff run." I think you need to go in your next ten. If you go at least five and five, including make- this win, that would put the Lakers at like seven and fifteen. Yeah, maybe a little bit better. You've got to be, you've got to be able to show. I think in order to make the playoffs in the West, you've got to be a 500 team. And obviously, they've got they've put themselves in a deep hole in terms of being 500. They got to win a lot of games to get back to 500. But I think you have to prove that you're capable of doing that, of getting back to 500. Uh, yeah, I think I'm in agreement. I think you got to be like, I want to say like eight and 12 for them to seriously look at it. That's a high bar. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But if you're the front office, right? Like, that's kind of what you want. Yeah. Do you think there's some, I don't know, it's kind of a weird dynamic with the front office. I've seen a lot of fans say, so the front office builds a team that's not able to compete and then dangles a trade over the Lakers saying, well, prove you can compete and then we'll make a trade when they didn't give them the pieces to compete. That's so toxic. <laughs> it is, right? Like, isn't that... But that's the, what I've seen from, from fans. I've been, been raising that point. Like, wait a second. You you assembled this team that doesn't have pieces that fit, that doesn't seem, look competitive. I mean, they should be better than they have been, but still doesn't look all that competitive. And then you're saying, well, we're only going to... We're only going to trade for somebody if you're, if you're competitive. I mean, I don't... It's it's um it's it's toxic workplace or toxic startup culture to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, like seriously, like for I'm sure people can relate to this. It's like you're gonna get a raise if. Yeah, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna promote you. I'm gonna give you a raise, but I'm gonna give you all these things on your plate. I'm gonna underpay you. You're gonna have to work crazy hours. If you can get through all of that, then you can get what you want. It sounds like it's based on merit, but in actuality, it's someone cheaping out on you. Yeah. And, and telling you to prove it to them, which is not great. Um, also, that, doesn't is work that really what's happening here? Do you think? I I just think that it is a brilliant way, and I tweeted this out <laughs> that Rob is playing checkers, not chess. <laughs> Meaning, he is finding ways to cover his butt by assembling a team so bad that he is justified not doing anything with it. <laughs> i mean after a four-year extension from him yeah if he like, didn't have that extension then this t- if rob didn't have the, that extension this team is probably the end of him right like look he's a genius either way like if this team overachieves and and they're winning games by a bunch like they're not in this situation like they're actually like they're above 500 then everyone would be like oh wow look at the work rob did look at uh, the dot the job did the job rob did in the offseason with like limited resources and no picks but then flip it the other way. It's like, of course, this roster is going to look bad. And look who's on the team. And like, no one expected him to be good. Therefore, Rob shouldn't make a move. He's covered either way. Except for with fans. Except with <laughs> fans. If AD stays aggressive in the second half, the dude is a 30 and 10 beast nightly. Got to make it a thing to get him going moving forward, which I believe we will. 
I don't think it was just AD not being aggressive. I think that was a factor. And I think AD was running out of gas in the second half of games. But if you look at what other teams were scheming in order yeah. to get, they were preventing AD from getting the ball on the block. And the Lakers were doing a terrible job countering that. That's It's not all on AD for him being shut down in the second half of some recent games. Yeah, I mean, like you can see concerted efforts to try and get AD the ball, swing the ball, have a move around the post, try to get low uh, position on the low block and establish himself there. But like, you know, teams will send help, they'll shadow him, they'll front him, like they'll do a lot of stuff to prevent the ball from ever getting to him in the first place. So I, I, I don't subscribe to the idea that AD just stops wanting to score in second halves. Uh, I could be surfing. You could be said these guys aren't quitters, which I like. They did show fight in this one. Um, I think that was what bothered me the most about last year's team. Ah, you just they mailed it in after like the second quarter. They got their ass beat. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. And this year, this year's team, you know, they're going to keep fighting. Like there's there's a little bit of uneasiness where I don't think at this point because they've lost so many games, I don't think there's uh, a lot of confidence in themselves that they can close out games but that's not going to prevent them from trying. Like you can, you can almost feel them getting tense and tightening up and uh-oh, are we going to make mistakes again? But that doesn't mean like last year's team, it felt like would just go, okay, cool. Well, um, can we just do a running clock? Cause we got stuff to do later. Yep. Like that was the, the sense I got from last year's team. Yeah. It's like, we're going to give it one really good try. doesn't work out. Try it again next time. <laughs> yeah. AD should be 20 of 25 field goal attempts 99% of the time with this roster. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. He needs to be uh be taking a lot of shots with this roster. Um you're just that's your your best bet if you're going to win a game. It's AD. Did let your best players shoot the basketball more often. <laughs> Hashtag Contact. analysis. Yeah. Uh, David, need to see AD having this intensity consistently. This has been a rare sighting since 2020. Hope we can build a win streak. We'll feel better about the team if it happens. I can agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I would like to see them have a win streak. I don't know if he can. I don't think it's reasonable to expect this out of Anthony Davis every single night. But it was good to see him have this kind of a night when they really needed him to. And a win streak, I think, would. Yes, I would like a win streak. That would be a good thing. I mean, let's, I, I, I know we have four days off and we'll probably talk about it throughout the week, but I mean, just fast forwarding the, to Detroit on Friday a little bit. I, this is, that's another team. You can do this too. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Is, uh, is Kate Cunningham going to be back? I thought I saw he's out for a bit. Uh, that is a good question. Um, I admittedly, I'm not following the Pistons too closely, but I, I did see that. Um, if Cade's not playing, he was out three games. Let me see. Uh, we'll miss the first three games of the Pistons road trip. That was yesterday. That came out two days ago. See, this is hard because the Lakers don't play for four days, but I know the Pistons play in between that. Yeah. So the first three games of the Pistons road trip. Am I, am I guess the Lakers luck is he will come back against the Lakers. Um, no, wait, first three games of the Pistons road trip. That was on the, well, so they played on Saturday, but that was at home. That means their next game had to have been on the road. Tomorrow they play at home again against Toronto. Oh, did we the get road a break? trip doesn't start until Thursday. They play Thursday, Friday. Oh, they, it's another back-to-back, -back, and they get the Clippers first and the Lakers second. So he'll be out. So he should be out. They go Clippers, Lakers, Kings. 
It's oh, a six California game road, road trip. trip. Okay. Yeah, they go sense. they go Clippers, Lakers, Kings, Nuggets, Utah, Phoenix. Makes sense. West Coast trip. Um, um well if Cade's yeah. out, then yes, the Lakers absolutely should dominate that game. They should. Especially if LeBron comes back. This I wanted to address this before we wrap up the show here. Oh um, god. People are saying the Lakers play better without LeBron. Crazy because they just lost to the Kings without him. That's like overreaction city, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just it. Like, if you win, people just want to react to whatever's happening and say and think that that whatever happens is is proof of something. And that's not necessarily, like they won the game. LeBron was out and the Lakers won the game. LeBron being out didn't cause the Lakers to win the game. There's no causation there. Like, are the, the Lakers in general are a better team with LeBron than without him. I don't think that's that's not a hot take or anything like that. Has LeBron had some rough games at the early going? Sure. But this team needs talented players, and he's still a very, very, very talented player. Is he 27-year-old LeBron James right now? No. But they have a better chance to win games with him playing than with him out. And I don't think them winning one game with him sideline in which AD blows up is proof that somehow they're a better team. It reminds me of the arguments we saw people saying, oh, Memphis might actually be better without John Morant. No. No, they're not. They're not. You give them credit for winning without that player. There's no way they're sitting there thinking, hmm, maybe Josh should just stay home. No, no chance. No, nah, man. Like that narrative flips so quick the next time the Lakers play and they lose. And then immediately yeah. people are like, oh, see, they lost because they didn't have LeBron. It's 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 not. One game, <laughs> like you mentioned, does not determine whether or not a player absent makes the team better. It's not the Ewing theory. <laughs> oh, man. That's... Yeah, not it's it, you know it's, it's not a surprise that those sorts of takes are, are out there right now but still it's it's not a thing it's not a it's, thing it's really not i will never subscribe to it, it <laughs> oh man I, I think people just want to look for anything to point to as the reason without actually watching the game you know yeah. all right let's finish the show with a positive what was your favorite moment from from tonight's game mm. Because there were some, some really positive moments where we got to get excited, and that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, so I, I we've already talked about that Reeves pass a bunch, but that's the one where I audibly had to like grab I, I like grabbed my phone and immediately had a tweet because I, I felt prompted to. You know, it's like one of those plays where it's like, oh, I gotta I gotta say something. Um, I didn't have a specific moment per se. What I really enjoyed was uh, AD on the offensive glass. I thought that was very uh, fun to watch. It was him, you know, doing the things that people have been clamoring for him to do. So I, I think, you know, AD dominating the painted area against a team he should have. I think that's generally like what my favorite thing about tonight was. I, I think that's a good call. The Reeves pass was my favorite play of the game. But I liked AD at the end. He didn't do a great job. He picked up a couple of silly fouls. But I liked AD switching over onto Kevin Durant to try to close out the game. Again, he wasn't successful at it necessarily, but I just like that he took that assignment because that's not an easy assignment for him to defend Kevin Durant, who's got the ability to, to rise up and hit jumpers, who's pretty quick, probably a little bit quicker than AD. It's, it's not an easy spot for him to be in. And again, I'm not saying he did a great job of it, picked up a couple of silly fouls, but... Just the fact that he was saying, I will try to take on this responsibility to try to close out this game and get the stops that we need. That just fit in with the whole 
dynamic of the game for Anthony Davis, where he was saying, look, I'm going to be the guy getting the rebounds. I'm going to put the ball back up and in. I'm going to be dunking the, these shots. I'm going to make sure that we walk away with a W. I actually cheated. I, I have one more that I would okay. like. Bring the positivity. Uh, I like it. Um, it was Billy Mack having to explain the Jack in the Box promo because the Lakers don't win games anymore. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's they they have to keep their opponent. They have to win and keep their opponent below 111. You're right because like for the OG Lakers fans, that used to be 100. It used to be 100, but the games change quite a bit. But yeah, my sister even asked me about it like the last game they played. She's like, "Why is it so high now?" I'm like, "Because teams score more points now." Yeah, you you almost never be giving out the, the but the it was so of. funny yeah he was like explaining the whole thing how to redeem <laughs> it everything i just thought it was so funny because we don't get it often enough anymore <laughs> he's like it's it's been a while so let me explain this to everybody yeah well, that, that that i i took i got a good laugh out of it that that is that's indeed a good one all right well i love that we got to celebrate a lakers win tonight thank you everybody for joining us matt the optimist thank you for bringing your optimism and thanks for bringing a lakers win with you tonight for your return to the show. Yes, I am grateful. Um, please hit my DMs if you would like things like rain or other things that you might be lacking in your life. I will happily provide. <laughs> if you uh, sent in a super chat and we didn't get to it on the show, I will put it onto tomorrow's show with the one I'm going to record tomorrow. So it'll go out pretty early the next morning. So be on the lookout for that. Again, thank you everybody who came in and gave in your, uh, your super chats as well as all of your regular questions and comments. We appreciate it. Always enjoy getting to meet up with everybody, talk, and celebrate a Lakers win. Till next time, see ya, and stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com